It's Bumblecast Live. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. Hello, hello. We are here. We're, we're, we're early. This is weird. This is strange, but we are here. Ian is sick. And yeah. that's cool. <laughs> I will do my best to get the way through, get all the way through the show. But by the end, I'm starting out like this. By the end, I might be this, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how we can do. We'll see how things go. As always, big thank you to Jennifer H and Professor Rye for managing all the questions. Please limit yourself to one question at a time. Wait for it to be answered. We will get through as many as we can here in the next two hours. If you want a 90 to 80% chance to get an answer tonight, make it a super chat of any denomination. Any super chats that we don't get through tonight will be rolled over to the next priority Q&A session that we can get to. Kyle, have I forgotten anything? Uh, No, but Jen just said something and I don't know what she said. Well then, let's check what that was. Over to you, Jen. What did it? What? Who doesn't have a mic? Um, I'm gonna say probably more like a fifty percent chance because the supers are rolling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ha- we're having a lot of supers. We have a lot of supers. So, um, I I do want to say we did as of last episode, last time we did this, we changed things. So uh, we only uh one super chat because and you guys are like very very good you, you guys are very good to us and you send in a lot of super chats we very much appreciate it but we also want to get to some of the standards so if you send in multiple super chats we're just going to do uh the first one and then we will see if we have time and we can get to more of them but um yeah yeah if if you send in more than one super chat, we'll uh, we'll put it in the queue for uh, being on a priority episode later. So I, I don't know if that was confusing or not. It probably was, but basically, I'm, we're going to be prioritizing any of the super chat questions. You'll get one answer tonight for Jersey's and otherwise you still will have priority in whatever our next recording session is. Yeah. Standard questions will all be added to the gigantic cauldron that you can swim in of standard questions that we will get to potentially before the heat death of the universe. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, you know, there's just so many, (laughs) there's so many super chats and it's like, you can almost monopolize the show by sending in just super chats over and over to us. So we very much appreciate that, but we we really want to get to a variety of questions from a variety of askers. So, and also do not tag Jennifer in the, uh, in the chat, in the YouTube channel. Do not mention Jen. She's trying really hard. <laughs> So don't 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 at her, bros. Don't at Ryan. That will not increase your chances. No, that will not help. It, it, that makes things worse. All right. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the first question. This one is from Raphael C. Spinball has 16 emeralds, but only the manual said those are chaos emeralds. The game never says that. Are they a different set of gems now? Uh, 
like officially canonically nailed down TBD. Call them fake emeralds. Call them rupees. Call them shiny, shiny, shiny glim glams. I I don't really care. It's don't don't get too too hung up on the rigidity of the the like old classic canon. It, it was the Wild West, man. Mm-hmm. There was no singular unifying vision. All <laughs> uh, right, here's this one from Katari Station. Or Katar Station, I believe. I believe that's it. What if Rouge and Jules switched roles but kept their personalities? How would the events of Sonic Adventure 2 and Heroes have played out in this scenario? Uh, Rouge and Jules switch roles but maintain their personalities. Well, (laughs) I mean, Rouge, I guess in that case, is running the Mineral Museum as her personal hoard. Like that's just her personal collection. She calls it a museum, maybe for a tax write off, but it's hers and you can look, but you can't touch. She will break your ankles. Uh, <laughs> Jewel, on the other hand, I guess she's out looking for rare gems and treasures you know, to catalog them. It belongs in a museum sort of thing. Uh, so, I guess she winds up on in Eggman's facilities searching out for a treasure to you know take away from the bad man and maybe put in that nice ladies museum only oops she found Shadow and Omega and she's kind of just roped into this revenge scheme like she doesn't really want to go but there's a treasure out there and it needs to be protected so <laughs> and then SA2 I, I I can't do that one for you. Sorry. And she'd go for the Master Emerald. Knuckles would say no. And she would go, oh, terribly sorry, and leave it alone. And thus she writes herself out of that story immediately. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes some sense. Here's a question from MSP Nova. Starline's never-ending Isekai adventures continue to never end, and now he's entered the world of the Mumblecast chat box. How does he handle the chat writing more Isekai scenarios for him? <laughs> this is getting very meta. I don't I don't know what I don't know how much deeper we can go on this, Ian. I don't know. These insufferable Isekai adventures. The only way I can stop it is to distract them. Oh, I know. It's three minutes until show. Tap de tap de tap. Floor it. Yeah, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> that must be why everybody's freaking sending all the questions super fast. Thank you, Starline. Freak. OMG, does anyone else want to role play in the chat during the show? <laughs> Let's make sure to make it graphic. No! <laughs> Uh, Who can I send to raid the Bumblecast? I will burn this show to the ground. Uh, good. <laughs> At least someone's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one from Happy Times. If Starline's plan to replace Eggman, Sonic, and Tails succeeded, how would he have handled Sonic's friends? Have Surgeon Kit infiltrate them, replace them with more imposters, kill them off? Uh, to a degree, he would try to integrate with them, have Surge and Kit 
perform the role of hero and in his mind, win them over so that he is controlling everything. But he, for all of his emotional manipulation, he doesn't understand people. So that would not go very well. And that would turn into, yes, I have to destroy them because they are messing up with my Machiavellian control of the meta narrative. And that would not go well because they're all very capable heroes and he is not Eggman. So eventually he would be ousted by the very people he's trying to incorporate into his grander worldview. Hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and switch over to some super chats. Sounds like a plan. We we have many already. We're we're like at least thirty plus deep in already. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Yes, you guys are amazing. All right. Let's go switch over and we got this one here to start us off from Z Broadcast. At the end, can Ian and Kyle sing If I Didn't Have You for Monsters, Inc.? I don't remember that. I don't remember it either. I'm sorry. I don't remember the song. I mean, I'll Google it, but... Uh... And also, you're like... You're, 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 you're struggling, Ian. You're, you, you have managed to somehow still maintain your uh your happiness your chipperness from the start of the show to this point but i don't know how you're going to feel in a couple hours <laughs> so that and for the songs that i'm not super familiar with there i would be blundering through it you'd basically be listening to me like shower sing or car <laughs> radio sing along with something playing in the background <laughs> there's the chorus line i remember yep, yep, yep. so maybe kyle and i when we have a second can you know research the song and put that together throw out a little funsy thing yeah yeah, yeah. but um uh, uh yeah i with that kind of performance on demand i prefer to actually know what i'm doing with the music i mean it's already kind of not professional grade anyway because we're doing it on the fly but i still want to put on the best performance that i can yeah 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 sorry sorry buddy maybe next time here's one from the drippy simp if Sonic and Soul Eater were to cross over, which characters would be Meisters and what characters would be weapons? Also, what would those weapons be? Oh, that's a fun idea. Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, having Tails be the Meister and Sonic be his weapon, I think, is the first way to go. You know, Tails trying to be thoughtful and uh measured in his application of violence and sonic being like nah buddy let's just go swing that scythe swing that but whatever he turns into maybe one giant serrated (laughs) yo-yo and uh you know sonic encouraging tails to let loose a little 
you know, really use that power. And Tails is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's been property damage in the past. I can only repair so much. Uh, Amy is clearly a meister. I mean, come on. That hammer for Scherzies. But I guess in this scenario, we'll make that hammer into knuckles. Yeah. I mean, he's a big punchy boy. That's That seems on point. So, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I... I guess cream is already a Meister and cheese is already her weapon. Maybe he just turns into a tactical missile with a bow tie. You know, <laughs> kind of like that, uh, the, the, what you call it? That, that mecha, that mecha arrow that flies around when you whistle out of guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, a, a cheese cruise missile. <laughs> Oh, uh, boy. Eggman's the Meister, and Metal Sonic is his artificially created weapon. There you go, right there. Nice. Yeah, Tails and Eggman duking it out with their dueling hedge weapons. Yeah, all right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he calls it the hedge trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the big reveal at the end of it all is that Froggy is the Meister, and Big has been his weapon this whole time. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I guess that's enough. I guess that's good enough. All right, here's one from Scurvy Pirate Dog. Since he's an Eggman fanboy, how many times did Starline try to grow a mustache? <laughs> Cause this builder has no hair. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's just say that there is a bioengineering experiment that has been locked away in the vaults never to be seen again oh boy oh dear oh no <laughs> uh that's 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 a, that is very cursed very cursed i mean i guess it is starline that comes with the territory Here's a question from Supersonic Fan. How would the Bad Guys series go differently if Starline had also busted the hooligans out of jail? How would they get along with the other villains? Uh, at that point, I think the cast would have gotten too unwieldy, to be honest. It's uh, a lot of dudes. It's a lot of personality. Yeah, it might, might have been a little too much. Maybe if at least Fang were there. Hmm. Maybe, but that's not what the question was. The question was, what if they were there? And Fang would be not happy to not be the ringleader. I mean, he's a genius. He's he's an expert tracker, hunter, thief, whatever. You're going to tell him what to do? Doesn't sit well, pout, pout, pout. Mm-hmm. He's not even like second banana because, you know, you've got Zavok there. So he would be a cranky boy through most of it. Bean would be Bean. I mean, he's he's the non sequitur. He's the third wheel on the tricycle. He's he would be there for the occasional one line, hilariously derailing one liner. There mm-hmm. you go. And Bark would be, you know, the ever present silent punchline. You'd have Rough and Tumble do something absolutely idiotic, and he would just kind of glare. <laughs> You'd have Mimic being super sketchy, and he would just glare. Yep. And then some kind of giant, monstrous, deadly robot would show up, and he and Zavok would just utterly D 
devastated with a single punch and like, whoa, these guys are cool. And then they just kind of look at Zavok and glare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Here's one from JJ Slider. Hi, Ian and Kyle. Wanted to drop in and say, sorry for my constant nagging about power levels in the past year and a half. I get it, it's annoying. I'll try not to do it anymore. I still want to support you, so here's a free donation. Well, thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's fine. You can ask about just power levels. That. You just may you may not like the answers. <laughs> but you can ask. Anyway, go ahead. Just 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 for that, here's your free coupon. <laughs> Whatever power level you say is better it is. Yep. I endorse this. You 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 have the power. It is over 9000. Perhaps. I don't know. It might be even higher than that at this point. Maybe. Maybe. Here's one from Hero Squad. Kit versus Chaos. Two water users. One who controls water versus one who is water. How does it go? Can Kit control the God of Destruction or will he fear perfection? Also, what are you doing, Kyle? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this. I mean, can't you hear? Can't you tell? I'm reading your question. <laughs> I think we touched on this a while back when Surgeon Kit first appeared, because that's like the first thing everyone was thinking about. It's like, oh, Kit can use water. Chaos is water. What can Kit do? I can't remember what we settled on, but I think it's more that Kit controls whatever water is within his tank. Like, there is a threshold for what he can control, but... Presumably, if he could mix his own reservoir in with chaos, which is as simple as, you know, splashing him, he might be able to take control. And I've got this horrible mental image of perfect chaos with this tiny little, like, kit zit on its forehead. Assuming direct control. (laughs) He is the thunder, rain, and lightning. Danger water rising. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, it's looking like we have already reached a, a, a considerable amount of standard questions from the chat. You guys are amazing. Uh, we are closing standard questions now. We're only 20 minutes in, or less, actually. Well, no, okay. And uh, we've already got uh, 85 on the list that I'm seeing. Well, hold on. That's more like 82. Uh, But it's growing. Continuing to grow. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to get through as many as we can. But you guys have a lot of questions this month. So, yeah. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. And uh, now we will continue. So the, the Super Chats remain open, by the way. Um, do remember that we are only prioritizing one of your questions. If you send any more, thank you very much. We will try and get to them, uh, later during our other recording sessions, but, uh, yes, 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 yes. I think, I think I've said enough words. Time to say the words of other people. Here's a question from Chocolate Watermelon 28. You answered how the Brotherhood meeting Modern Knuckles would go, but how would them meeting Boom Knuckles go? <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness.
goodness. Uh, hmm, I don't know if it would go <laughs> extremely well or not well at all. Well, depends on your perspective. I think it would go fantastic. I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> Either way, it would be entertaining. <laughs> they're just they're just kind of monitoring Boom Knuckles in his day to day activities and no lock is stroking that little tuft under his chin going, maybe I left that boy in the wild for too long. <laughs> maybe I left him in the microwave for too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> maybe Saber's like, no, no, look, he's he's incredibly strong and diligent. Maybe, maybe we can course correct. Maybe we can fix this. So they invite him in and they're trying to train him in the ways of the chaos force and whatever. And, <laughs> You know, Knuckles with any degree of telekinesis or world-altering abilities is just a recipe for a hilariously bad slash good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He taps into his full potential and turns green. Oh, neat! And starts clapping and changing different colors. <laughs> no, stop that. The One more. One more, and he just like rapidly claps and just starts cycling like a rainbow. The amazing Technicolor Knuckles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good stuff right there. I like that. <laughs> Ultimately, the Brotherhood decides, you know what? This is a lost cause. We're just going to try another Knuckles from another multiverse. Mm-hmm. Abort, abort. <laughs> Hey, Knuckles, where you been? Oh, I had a great time. I got to visit this, like, whole secret society of angry grandpas. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I turned green. That's nice. That's neat. <laughs> I think you overcooked your son. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him try to shrug his way into Locke's bathrobe. Though he's like double his mass. <laughs> no, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, he just strains one time too many and rips the sleeve straight off. Kind of glances around and then ties the belt and struts off. He did it. Yeah, yeah. Even Sticks is like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and they say I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She laughs it off and then, you know, sneaks back to her bro, pulls the secret lever, gets online, talks with the secret sisterhood of sixes. <laughs> there's a there's a rival gang out there, girls. We need to go find him. You sound like a conspiracy nut stick. So do you, sticks. Well, we're all kind of nuts here, sticks. <laughs> uh, she's just talking to herself. <laughs> <laughs> It's a multifaceted mirror. It's just like <laughs> it's just like good old Gollum, <laughs> except <laughs> times six. Ah, <laughs> uh, the six sticks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got a lot of questions, so let's keep going. Here's one from Tempo. Uh, what now? I don't know. Whatever you want. Uh, what now? I. Hmm. 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 Here's a question from Lord Vano. I mean, if you really want, oh, go ahead. I mean, if you really want, we could do that. Otherwise, there's this over here. But really, when it comes down to it, it's whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. What now? What now? Indeed. 
by now, indeed. This one from Lord Van Oskaro. How powerful would Whisper get if she upped her arsenal with Ratchet and Clank's wacky weaponry? What would her favorite be? What would Tangle's favorite be? What would L- would Lanolin be weirded out by the Sheepinator? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I never played Ratchet and Clank. I have no idea what the arsenal is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess here and assume that the Sheepinator fires sheep. I hope so. But I thought that was a thing. In, I thought that was a thing in one of the South Park games. Like the N64 South Park game was like was a sheep gun. But I could be wrong on that. I, I hmm. maybe someone can help me. Sheepinator is a weapon oh, in going commando. Oh, it turns uh, other people turns others into sheep. Turns enemies into sheep. Oh, it's a polymorph ray. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. um yes well i mean it's landlin she'd be weirded out by just about anything that's not standard Mm. she'll get used to it she'll find a practical application for it but first blush it's gonna be no that's weird i don't like it (laughs) uh whisper herself i think she would be wary of new tech open-minded to it you know whatever gets the job done but part of the appeal of the variable wisp bun is it's powered by the wisps and she trusts them. Yes. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have a wet an effective weapon. It's another thing to know that the ammo inside that weapon likes you and will try hard to do what you want it to do. <laughs> and, uh, tangle tangles, not allowed to touch them. I think Landlin and whisper in immediate agreement of that. She's not allowed to pull any triggers. No touchy. No touchy. No touchy. <laughs> After she frumps for a minute, Tangle's like, fine, I don't want it anyway. I am the weapon. And to be fair, she's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's do this question from Lord Van Oskaro. How powerful would Whisper get? Oh, no, we literally just did this one. Dang it. Okay. Well, let's switch over to some standards then. <laughs> Losing track of myself. Switch over to some standards. Here's this one from DDR Master M. The body swapping meteor from Boom lands in IDW slash game cannon. How does it go, and who, if anyone, actually gets swapped by it? Uh, I don't remember this particular episode. It's uh, the one I'm where assuming... Sonic and Eggman swap. Nobody else? Just them? I think it's just them. Okay. Well, we've seen a lot of Sonic and Eggman switches over the years, so let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. We've we've been there. We've done that. Let's make it... And we've had a lot of Sonic and Amy swaps in recent shows. So let's make folks really uncomfortable and put Sonic and Knuckles in each other's bodies. <laughs> All right. You got, you got Knuckles just standing there going, unclean, unclean. Mm-hmm. Sonic is having a hard time lifting his arms. My God, his hands are so heavy. How does he punch with these things? <laughs> uh, who else? Who else would be fun? Jimmel and Cream. How does that even happen? How does a robot switch its personality into an organic being? Doesn't matter. It happened. Kind of hard to tell because Cream's already so formal and polite. She just sounds a little stilted. And, you know, Jermel's being stock still now because with cream inside, 
She's not going to violate his autonomy. She's going to be very polite, and not touch anything until it goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. She really would want to use that rocket thruster. It's, it looks very cool, but it's not hers. She doesn't have permission. She's just going to wait patiently for things to turn back. <laughs> and meanwhile, up on Lost Hex, everyone is wondering why Zavok's just so laid back now. Whereas out in the jungle, you have an incredibly predatory big the cat looking for Froggy. Thanks. Thanks. All right, here's one from Michael. In the Shokokan. In the Shogakukan manga, Sonic is heavily implied to be an ancient force for good with a somewhat symbiotic connection to Nikki's family. How would everyone minus Sonic react to this discovery? Uh, surprise, but mystified. Goodness, we thought Sonic was just cool in his own right. He has some kind of dramatic arcane power associated with him. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Then again, this is like Archie territory, though, where he's like destined to be the hero. And mm. maybe yeah. I'd have to see the context of the manga itself, but I, I get the feeling it's more of a kind of a just a natural force rather than a more Western precluded destiny type of thing. Yeah, Th- this is the kind of power Eggman would see if he could power a theme park with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of naturalistic force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's one from Uncle Venus's movie review media reviews. Did Starline ever have a proper first name before he changed it to Doctor, I mean? <laughs> Doctor is his title, and his name is Starline. He has no last name. He has one name, right? That we know of. For branding for branding purposes, yeah, but I think otherwise he is just Starline the Platypus. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, we haven't really established anything else. No, we but haven't. Say, not. I don't know. Adding the doctor in front makes it too cumbersome. Doctor Starline the Platypus. It, it's too long. Doctor Starline. It's punchy. It gets to the point. It's good. It's like you don't want to say Doctor Eggman the human. This is that's no good. Why not? <laughs> He's not Damien Rodriguez Starline. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. All right, here's one from Pedanticat. What's your favorite fight scene that you've written for Sonic and Mega Man, respectively, and were blown away by its illustration? Besides Worlds Collide and Worlds Unite. Oh my goodness, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, there's some uh, good ones. There's a one sequence in particular that pops to mind where Sonic and Scourge are fighting and they run up a couple of trees to bend back and launch themselves at each other in perfect sync. And I remember seeing that art come in going, yep, Tracy freaking nailed it exactly as I envisioned it. Mm-mm-mm, that's tasty. I like it. <laughs> I mean, Sonic 175 limit. I got your limit right here. That. That's good. That's good. Right there. Hey, come on. Come on. Uh, when Team Dark is escaping the special zone and 
Omega just opens up on Feist's face. That that was hilarious, but it got the point across. Uh, some nice you know sense of visceral speed and action when Sonic and Shadow were thrown down early on in IDW. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole fight with Metal Overlord, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Burning Blaze just go all out on one aspect of the island. Mm-hmm. It's freaking cool. <laughs> Sonic throwing down Solo against the Deadly Six. There was that the desperation of that fight. You know, small hallway, not a good place to make use of his speed, and eventually getting worn down by them all. And then, you know, Tails coming in at the last second. And barely scraping together the win. That was a good one. That was a good fight. For Mega Man. Ah, it's been so long. And so many of those fights were unfortunately short because of the nature of how we handled the book. Uh, Maybe maybe the Raw Moon arc. Like where all the Robot Masters are throwing down. Mm -hmm. And just the sheer terror. That was the gauntlet to take down Raw Moon. That was that good. might be up there. I mean, Rock V Blues, real X versus mm. Zero vibes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just st- steal the same music, just lifted it right there. <laughs> it would work. <laughs> good stuff. I mean, it's not the most action-packed moment, but you know. When he's fighting Flashman and the helmet falls off, and Flashman gets that momentary distraction. That hair. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Poor Flashman. <laughs> All right, here's a question from The Last Baby Man. If Sega asked you to make Sonic slash Blaze, Silver slash Whisper, and Tangle slash Amy the main three and probably only official couples of the IDW comics, how would you portray them? Uh, I mean, Sonic and anybody really would be a very kind of open-ended, laid-back relationship. Sonic is going to go out and do his own thing at his own pace. And Blaze is kind of committed to her duty, so she's not going to want to go exploring too much. You know, she really had to be convinced to relax and go on her present vacation. So that could ultimately work out for the two of them. You know, she's focused on her duty. He's out doing his thing, and whenever he comes back around, okay, it's time for her to take a break. And they hook up a, up again, go on a fun adventure, and then, okay, she's had her fun. It's been nice to recharge her batteries. She's got to get back to work. And Sonic's like, all right, see you around, and goes off. And there's that mutual trust and respect there that you know they each have their own type of lives and can spin them apart. I don't know. I find that wholesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whisper and Silver? Uh, it would be... You know, that kind of opposites attract sort of thing. Whisper. I don't want to say keeping Silver on a short leash because that one sounds too domineering. And two, I know exactly where some of you are going to take that. And I don't mean it that way. Uh, She's trying to, like, temper his more impulsive nature. And 
Silver is, you know, he works well with a grounded mentor. We've seen that already. So they would, they would ultimately be complimenting each other's shortcomings. She helps him stay a little grounded. He helps her open up and be a little more trusting. His naivete is something of a, uh, not hazard, not weakness. It's, it's something to be considered, but at the same time, her guardedness leaves her vulnerable. And so that trust fostered between the two of them brings out the best in both sides. And what was the third one? Amy and Amy and Tangle. Amy and Tangle. Huh? Don't see that one too much. <laughs> uh, adventure girls go adventuring. That's right. They both like helping people. They like, you know, going out and seeing the world and doing fun things. Instead of opposites attract, it's just, you know, an exponential factor. Crazy hero girl times crazy hero girl doesn't equal two. It just brings it to the power of two. (laughs) And, you know, they're going out and enjoying themselves and the world's a better place for them. (laughs) Cool. It would just be kind of tiresome how happy and energetic they are. <laughs> like they just keep feeding back into each other to make them more positive and upbeat and happy. And ugh, I need oh. to sit down just thinking about it. Oh boy, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> uh, eventually, their power becomes too great. <laughs> All righty, here is uh, Red Rebel with a question. Given his history as a weapon turned good and desire to form connections like Sonic, would Shard like Scrapnik Island and its fellow mecha doppelgangers? Oh, he would be right at home. Yeah, yeah. Like, he would feel... Wholesome. That's a wholesome thing. (laughs) He would feel vindicated by it. He's not alone. Here's this entire society that proves that, you know, what he aspires to can work. He would he would absolutely move there and become another protector of the island. This would be the most specialist place to him. Nothing would threaten it. Nothing. <laughs> and also he nasty brother to Mecca. You can have that fun duality again. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and switch over to some super chats. This one is from Coffee. Sonic slash Pizza Tower crossover. What madness ensues? It it would just be uh, madness. Not, <laughs> not like super, super familiar with Pizza Tower and its lore, but it what I have seen of it, it looks like it would be a neat Sonic-styled game. Like, a tie-in with that would be easy-peasy. I've also heard, heard people say it would make for a great Wario game. Not WarioWare, but like proper Wario. Wario, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) the main guy already looks like Wario. (laughs) Eh, To a degree. But I also kind of hesitate to make those comparisons because Pizza Time is its own thing. You know, it stands by its own uh, credentials. It has proven its own concept. And I understand the desire to take beloved franchises and say, oh, it would work in this style, but... I also feel like that's robbing pizza time of its 
prestige. Pizza Tower, not Pizza Time. No. <laughs> That's the song in the game, Pizza Tower. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean, Pizza Tower. Okay. <laughs> so... Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. That's the Spider-Man 2 thing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Point is, I'm standing for pizza time. Um, And crossover? Well, if Sonic's entering the tower for whatever the reason is or in the plot, he's going to purposely wait out the clock just for that terrifying pizza faced individual to come at him because he wants the actual race. He doesn't want to get out too fast. He wants to actually challenge himself. It'll be fun, more fun this way. If something's coming in to murder him, the first thing. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. All right. Here's one from Tristan in a Bumblecast. You said that rough and tumble play Warhammer, but never said what armies the two play with. What army do they play? Orcs is the obvious answer, but that's Shadow's army. Nah, nah, nah. Rough and tumble are orcs. Yeah. I mean, who else is going to want more DACA? <laughs> I, they would dev- they would devolve into orc speak as they're playing. You know, it's that yeah, that's right up their alley. Come on now. Uh. I'm not familiar enough with Warhammer, though, to actually have a proper counterpoint for Shadow. Yeah, I don't actually know. Like my, underst- my understanding of the orcs is that their entire play style is based on randomness. Like You are just as likely to have your units turn on each other on any given turn than they are to go out and do what you want them to do. That they are, you know, literally a chaotic faction. And I don't see that fitting for Shadow. I think Shadow would want something much more decisive and uh, punctuated. Something that he can, you know, deal the most damage with, with the least amount of time. Yeah. All right. Here's one from Joe M. Is Fang just a Jerboa now instead of a half wolf? Yes. He's a Jerboa. Jerboa. Cool. All right, we got one from Oscar of the Bearcat. King Shadow and Enerjack are fighting Neo Metal. Battle goes in their favor till Neo copies their data and wipes the floor with them both. How do the two tyrants react to being completely outmatched for the first time in either of their lives? Can we just pause for a minute and imagine... Neo metal <laughs> with the black and red, but also that kind of Egyptian god motif. So you got the gold mixed in there too. I I I, I want it. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody commissioned Tracy Yardley to do that. Just oh my god. Ooh, that would look. Oh, that would look so cool. And I am not a big fan of Metal Overlord's design, but ooh, what I see in my head, that's a neat thing. That's pretty cool. Okay, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> both Interjack and King Shadow are, you know, egomaniacal. So anything to throw off their individual senses of self-power is going to just crush their little worlds, and they're not going to respond in a healthy fashion. 
So they're going to unleash even more firepower than they already have. Metal Overlord's going to retaliate, and basically the world gets cracked in half. It's not a good time for anyone around them. <laughs> yeah, but it sure would look awesome. Now, I do have to question Interjack getting... I guess it kind of begs the question of which Interjack... Because Dimitri Interjack was wildly inconsistent. Like, on the one hand, he got punked in his own tower. On the other hand, he, like, atomized Knuckles because he got tired of messing with him. So, could he just potentially nuke Metal Overlord? Or would he be blinded by his own hubris (laughs) and be set up for the failure? I don't know. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It would be cool, though. Either way. I guess if we got to the point of Metal Over Jack, it wouldn't matter, because then he would just, you know, warp reality to win the fight. Uh, uh, King Metal Over Jack, excuse me. We've got to, we can't ignore King Shadow. No, no, no. Uh, go off, King. Okay. <laughs> All hail. <laughs> Here's a question from Frosk9. How good is Silver with little kids? Would his notable hint of naivete be a blessing or a curse in his attempt at babysitting? Oh, he'd be great with kids. He he's able to resonate with them. He understands their their fears and their insecurities, and he's you know, he sees in them a lot of himself and wants to nurture and promote growth and uh feelings of self worth. They would run ripshot over him like he wouldn't be able to say no to their pleas for cookies and you know extended bedtimes he eventually he'd you know buckle down and be the adult if he had to but there would be a period of time where they could get anything they wanted out of uncle silver Uh, (laughs) adorable adorable here's a question from uh, meta mode. Rough and tumble seem to be taggers. Are they good artists? Maybe among the best in the cast? Individually, no. They they have no sense of balance or depth or even color theory. But their artistic vision is so different that when they end up tagging things together, it ends up synergizing. Nice. That makes sense. <laughs> Here's one from True Cosmic Digilab79. If Eggman got his hands on the tech from Soccer Wars, what do you think he would make from it? I know nothing about Soccer Wars. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I have heard of it, but I literally know nothing about it. I don't know if it's like it's an action the, title, a tactical title. It's the cherry. It's cherry war. Who's fighting a war over cherries? Just have some cherries. You don't have to fight. Jeez. <laughs> Them's the pits. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's one from Alexandre C. What happened to the Cosmo Arc replicas used by the other characters? And if Tequilanology exists, why don't characters like Jet use it? 
Tequilonology? I have... What is that? Uh, Here, DM me that text. Let me see if I can decipher. Okay. I don't know what they mean by tequilonology. I can't tell if that's what it even's trying to say here. Maybe you just need a little bit of salt and lime. Maybe, maybe. All right. right. What happened to the Cosmos Arc replicas used by the other characters? Oh, the the Arcs of the Cosmos in uh, Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. Okay. And uh, the replicas, those were used by just the generic robots, right? Because the characters got the real arcs. Uh, I would imagine that the replicas themselves, after everything went to hell in a handbasket with Meteotech, uh, that the, they were confiscated by like gun and decommissioned, or maybe just put in a warehouse to be researched by top men. <laughs> and if I'm assuming that's a typo for technology, like and... maybe autocorrect played havoc with it well that's weird yeah technology exists why don't jet and everyone use it just because because that would break the plot because (laughs) sonic riders has an impact in the greater series uh because maybe it just wasn't proliferated you know maybe eggman only used it specifically for his elite line of mechs and those were all destroyed slash decommissioned they were not proliferated for public use and so it cannot be readily replicated maybe mm, mm. <laughs> all right let's move on to the next one from bunny bell three next on dr starline's isekai adventures what happens when he's just an ordinary platypus living in a zoo no villains just a nice swimming area and the excited squeals of zoo patrons Assuming that he's retained his awareness in all this. First, Mm -hmm. he hates it. I mean, yeah. To be so powerless, to be confined. He doesn't even have hands anymore. (laughs) But, you know, eventually he would find peace. You know, this is a fine way to retire. And you know what? He's fed regularly. It's protected. He doesn't really have to worry about how the next isekai adventure is going to begin. He can finally find peace. And then at a ripe old age of however long platypi live, he finds himself reincarnated as a plush. <laughs> uh, and that, that incarnation of Starline has reached his end. But don't worry, there are many more. <laughs> This this timeline has split off endlessly. But I'm glad that he finally reached, at least one of them finally reached an end. All right, let's switch back to some standard questions for a bit. This one's from Metal Sculpting. There's a debate whenever Shadow is Sonic fast without his shoes, but considering Biolizard and Artificial Chaos, Gerald was good with cyborgs. Is it possible those shoes are part of Shadow? I don't think so, no. <laughs> Shadow cannot take the shoes off. I I want to say there's some obscure bit of Japanese trivia 
saying or showing Gerald gifting Shadow the shoes. I could have that mixed up, though. But as far as I am aware, Shadow is wholly biological. He's just a hodgepodge of DNA. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's pretty mixed up. He's pretty mixed up. Although I do find it funny. You could say the shoes stay on. <laughs> There's one from Michael B. Starline decides to team up with the no. doctor's greatest nemesis, Nogus. Will the unholy union of science and magic overcome Eggman, or will they inevitably end up at each other's throats? C, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both manipulators. They're both schemers. They would be playing each other the entire time, and they would they would be able to overpower Eggman, sure. But then once they have achieved their goal, they imagine they don't need the other, and they, then comes the vile but inevitable betrayal which Eggman capitalizes on and takes power back. Yep. All right, here's one from Oscar the Bearcat. If Tingle were to have a super form, would it be a typical gold one, or would it play more into her elastic abilities, a la Gear 5 from One Piece? Uh, going by the series standards, it would be kind of that glowing white with kind of a starburst going on, and wouldn't necessarily have any special traits. Um, you would have the flight, you would have the invincibility, but that's kind of standard. If you want to get into more fun stuff, then you'd have to get like hyper tangle. And then you'd have the crazy, like infinite stretch tail. Hmm. Uh, am I being flagged? Is something going on here? Does Jen have something for me? No. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Lightning Wyvern has a question. If Big the Cat showed his true infinite power and used it in every game he appeared in, SA One, Heroes, and Frontiers, how would the story turn out differently? How would he thwart Eggman's plans? Well, then you'd run into the problem of one punch mad where it becomes the punchline and it's funny the first few times, but then it kind of wears that it's welcome. You know, then you have to purposely sideline big so that there can be other stories told and other stakes. And the minute he shows up, it's like, oh, well, we know how this is going to end. Yeah. That's why it's much better to keep his incredibly incomprehensible strength as more of a sidebar element <laughs> that makes it more entertaining and funnier and also more awesome when he actually you know uses it <laughs> so, he's been using it this whole time you haven't noticed <laughs> all right here's one from the sonic theorist hi Ian and kyle hope your day is going well in, Son in Sonic Prime, Season 1, Episode 4, Sonic said his Amy said his Amy like him to an extent. What does he mean by that? Am I the only one confused by that phrase? Run that phrasing by me again. 
Sonic said his Amy is like him to an extent. What does he mean by that? I'm assuming heroic and selfless and adventurous. Maybe. Um, that would be the only thing I could think of. They're also both hedgehogs. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think but i don't think that I'd, I'd have to i don't think that would be it but who knows i'd have to see the episode itself to get better context but i think that's where they're going with it yeah something like that here's one from s shining what events what event done to sonic would be so dark and harmful that it would break him mentally to the point of losing his free spirit slash strong will etc and leave him utterly broken wow this is dark you did this in Archie. I don't think... Or somebody did it in Archie. I don't remember if it was you or not. <laughs> uh, I mean, to a degree, when he lost his entire history and family and whatnot with the time shenanigans. Mm -hmm. But even then, it was a temporary break, and he got back on his feet. And that's Archie Sonic. That's an interpretation that's dead and buried. Like, mainline Sonic? I don't think you can like six months of incarceration and torture, having a flaming arrow that literally burned your soul away, uh, nearly being blown up in the vacuum of space when he had nothing in his hands but a false chaos. Well, he just, he doesn't give up. You can't break him. You can tick him off. You can hurt him. You can maybe shake his resolve ever so slightly, but... That's the heroism that is in Sonic. He cannot be uh, overcome. He cannot be broken. Mm, mm, mm. Unbreakable, if you will. <laughs> All right. We, we Actually, we got to go back uh, to the previous question from the Sonic theorist real quick. Apparently, the actual quote is, you like me to an extent, as in... I guess he was saying to Amy that you like me to an extent. Oh, well, yeah. Amy has feelings for Sonic. That's been established <laughs> in Sonic CD. Hey. There is zero mystery there. Yeah. Amy has feelings for Sonic. Also, bears crap in the woods. And wherever <laughs> else bears happen to be. <laughs> Here's one from Noxide. Now that the diamond cutters are a thing again, how long before we get their edgy hardcore phase complete with a punish take a little out of taking out a brooding black sheep persona? Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> fan idea. Can't use it. Safely in the trash. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Saved us from a terrible fate. <laughs> you mean an amazing fate. <laughs> Shadow would be like, finally, my people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and switch over to some more super chats. because We got a lot of them. Here's one from the normal person. Next on... Er Time to throw in Bravo Tango 7274 as the overkill bodyguard for Jewel. 
How well would this partnership go? Uh, who ooh, who is Bravo? I I have no idea. Bravo Tango seven two seven seven two seven four. More okay. Titanfall. Oh, okay, I've not played Titanfall. Okay, it's basically the. Uh, I I haven't played it either, but I believe it's the mech that like keeps you alive. Like it's the main character's mech. I think it's like. I think it's one. One goal is to keep its user alive i think that's all it does okay and uh who was piloting it tangle uh jewel jewel okay the overkill Uh, bodyguard for jewel not (laughs) i guess not even the pilot well i mean if we're in a scenario where jewel needs that kind of protection she ain't gonna leave the cockpit <laughs> if if this large mechanical gentleman says that he will protect her, then by all means, she will not get in the way. <laughs> Does she need to press a particular button while she's in here? No. Okay. <laughs> it makes sense to me, I suppose. Does she have to pilot at all? Well, please boot up tutorial guide number seven, you know, number one through seven for me, please. Yes. <laughs> I will do my best to assist. Uh, and then jewel plays titanfall and it goes well probably (laughs) i mean the whole point is you're able to get out of the mech do your thing on foot and then you have to climb back into said mech yeah i believe so yeah no she can fly so that makes getting back into it even easier yeah i think it just like flies to you and scoops you up or whatever something like that so even then such service i know it's amazing (laughs) a mecca that is its own valet (laughs) yes yes all right here's a question from mighty gabura would dreams in sonic contain things that the person understands and even things at the very least sometimes anyway they might not i mean just like dreams in real life right that's what dreams are in the night dream delight here's one from seaman <laughs> if you could have the powers abilities or arsenal of one of the many sonic characters whose would you like to have hmm. being able to That's summon a, being able to summon a giant hammer and effortlessly wield it at any time would be pretty sweet <laughs> Uh, <laughs> having fire powers that would let you fly around or that's pretty cool. I don't know. Eggman's ability to conceptualize, uh, actualize and actually create what, whatever he thinks of would be delightful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how many times have I been, you know, doing chores or out for a walk or busy with something else. And the story is putting itself itself together in my head. And I know I'm not going to be able to get this back in writing anytime soon. 
So with my Eggman powers, I would build the helmet that just beams those thoughts into the word processor, and I never lose a story beat again. Also, <laughs> cannot draw, cannot put down what I see in the head onto the paper. That helmet, gonna do it for me. Just straight up beam those images from the consciousness into Photoshop. I would be unstoppable artistically. <laughs> I, I'm not going to put small animals and machines. I have scruples. Oh, man. Why not? <laughs> I'm busy writing and drawing. Okay. With my brain. Your brain. My brain. Here's a question from Excel Hedge. Have either of you or us watched Murder Drones? I've never heard of it. I have heard of it. I've not seen any of it. Yeah. Sorry. We're old. There's <coughs> one from Zach D. Come one, come all. It's a Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Blaze the Cat versus Sally Acorn versus Sodia the Hedgehog. My question to you, Ian, is how does this encounter go and who wins? P.S. Blaze can't use the Soul Emeralds. Well, still, she's got pyrokinesis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this is like one of those mind-controlled, they're fighting for all they're worth type of scenarios, blaze by a country mile. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Sonya spin does not make her fireproof, <laughs> and Sally has a flip kick at best. No, blaze by a landslide. It's not even a fight. It's a massacre. <laughs> it is a neighborhood barbecue. I, Sally has a handheld computer girlfriend. That's Nicole. That's a different character. Oh, okay. <laughs> no Nicole's allowed, huh? I guess if the soul emeralds no, aren't that'd allowed. That'd be like then... saying, you know, yeah, soul emeralds aren't allowed. By that extension, Sonya's musical instrument isn't allowed. It wouldn't give her much of an edge, but, you know, yeah. at least she could play her own dirge on the way out the door. <laughs> now, if it's just, you know, the three of them thrown in the arena by the evil alien overlord and told to fight, you know, the three of them are smart enough and cagey enough to be able to work out a plan on the fly so that they're trading blows, but none of them lethal and putting on a show and figuring out a way to get out. And then the three of them run ripshot over whatever alien evil tournament arena is going on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cooler, I think. I would I would watch that or read that or I don't know, <coughs> enjoy that in some fashion. That would be pretty cool. This is a this is a good team. Like if you had to build a team of characters, it's like a Sonic Heroes esque team. This one you could do worse. You could do worse. Alrighty, we got a question here from System 509. Starling gets isekai into the Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s while he's still evil. <laughs> How does he do things differently from Tommy? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been so long since I watched Green of the Evil, but... Um, <laughs> quick assessment of his situation. He's serving a extremely theatric evil overlord check 
He has a pointy dagger that stabs people. Check. He has superhuman abilities within his morphin suit. Check. And that dagger is a flute. Odd, but it summons a big hole dragon with missile launcher, missile launching fingers and a drill for a tail. Hot diggity. He's set. He doesn't need the power of friendship. He doesn't need to be reformed. No, no, no. He will be Rita's vanguard. <laughs> What's the What's name? What's that, my queen? Level Angel Grove. Well, consider it a fallen Angel Grove. <laughs> What's the name of the, the, the evil... Tommy in the in in the comics and in the fighting game. Ah, oh, trying to remember. I've forgotten. It's like Emperor Dracon, Lord Dracon. There we go. There we go. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Starline Lord Dracon. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Here's one from Sabdir Z. Plan on doing BK minis, but how knowledgeable are you on these franchises for the future? Guilty Gear, Mega Man Battle Network, Blaze Blue, Street Fighter, and Mega Man Zero. Sonic stuff will happen too, but variety. Variety is good, but we went through that list a little quick. Take, take pity on your that's okay fuzzy head. Different. All right, so Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. Uh. Passingly familiar. I did watch a deep dive on like the core lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically soul bad guy's story and the you know the premise of the backyard and stuff. So <laughs> I know enough to be pleasantly entertained and know I am way out of my depth. Like it's weird. Guilty Gear's weird. That is a fever dream of lore. <laughs> and I I love it for what it is. I watched the uh, cinematics for, I guess it wasn't the last game, but the game before, not Strive. What came before Strive? Uh, the moment X- they went XR'd. Like, full 3D. XR'd. XR'd. And that's just, it's so bizarre and stupid, and I love it. <laughs> that's Guilty Gear for you. That's how it's been the whole time. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> Bizarre and stupid. Like when they, and it's glorious. Like they're, they're fighting on the cars. It's going down the highway. And they introduce this blue demon guy. And he, with all the conviction the world, introduces himself as happy chaos. And I'm like, yep, that's it. The bar has been set. I understand. This is a hallucination. I, I'm good. Okay. I, we're on the same page. Cool. Proceed. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is, there is enough cohesion to it that you can tell it's done on purpose. Yes, yes. It's just... Oh, okay, so there's a method, I, I'm appreciative the, of it. There's a method to the madness, but it is madness. But it's mostly madness. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am appreciative of it on the sidelines, like in the back row. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What was the next one? Mega Man Battle Network. Uh, again, passingly familiar. I could not play it. The the whole managing chips and the grid and shooting, that's too much for my smooth brain to handle. <laughs> uh, know the premise about the whole, you know, net nabbies going into the internet and whatnot, but anything beyond that, not super in-depth. Yeah. 
Next. Blaze Blue is a similar level of madness to Guilty Gear, but I don't know much about it otherwise. See, I feel like I would get it confused with Guilty Gear. I know significantly less. Yeah. yeah. Like if you showed me a Blaze Blue character and said this is something from Guilty Gear, I'd go, yeah, okay. I so, mean, yeah, for not, the most part, not yeah. confident on that. <laughs> Street Fighter? I. Uh, passingly reasonably familiar like i'm not going to be able to go deep lore on it but you know going through watching story mode for six and you know seeing the call outs that people were highlighting like oh that's that thing i get it or if it's another call out of something super obscure it's like oh i wouldn't have picked up on that but i appreciate that reference that's neat (laughs) um What's the new bad guy's name? Uh, very Christopher Lee type fella. Yeah. Uh, um, shoot. I don't remember. Oh, well, well, you know who we're talking about, right? JP. There we go. JP. Um, oh, okay. The fact that he was like Shadowloo's accountant and now he's taking things over because Bison is dead. That's freaking cool. <laughs> that that continuation of the story is neat. And most of the character interactions, like the fact that Guile goes looking for Ken because he's his uh, brother-in-law. That's just a nice detail. I dig that. I like that a lot. So um, not super, super familiar with it, like to Sonic level, but appreciative enough. I would feel slightly more confident blundering into Street Fighter territory than I would Guilty Gear, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mega Man Mobile Zero. Zone? Mega Man Zero is the last one. Uh, passingly familiar on that one as well. I know Aliyah and I sat down and made a point of watching Let's Plays of those games to you know, know the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd probably have to do another round of research because I didn't retain all of it. But you know, the whole point of him being found by CL and fighting Neo Arcadia and the tragedy of Copy X and yada yada yada. I'm I, I kind of know that off the top of my head. <laughs> all righty. Well, hope that helps in the future. Here's a question from Madeline Blue Star 7. On Sonic's planet, what hospitals run by humans treat anthro animals and vice versa? Sure. I would imagine that if you're in a more human populated area, there would be less accommodations for anthros. There would, there would certainly still be accessibility there, but they wouldn't be as prepared. Likewise, if you're out on one of the remote animal islands. And you, as a normal human, get sick. (laughs) They might be apologetic and have to put a couple of beds together for you to fit on. But, yeah, they would be able to take care of whoever, wherever. (laughs) All right. That's good. Good to know. Good for insurance purposes. Here's one from AP. What is Blaze and Silver's current dynamic given 06 isn't canon? Does she see him as a brother? Are they good friends? Is it yet to be established? They are good friends. There is a degree of intrinsic trust between them that neither fully understands, but they don't question it either. They just know that they're 
pretty in sync naturally, and they just go with it. <laughs> Works for me. Uh, also, there's people that are like freaking out apparently that 06 is not canon. Guys, it, it literally erased itself from the timeline. <laughs> like, that's the story of 06. That's, yeah, the game made itself non canon. <laughs> then again, everything is canon, so. Oh well. Oh well. I mean, I guess I guess it still technically happened. The events of the game did happen, so but, right. So it I guess in that case that it's thing. still technically canon canon, but nobody remembers it. <laughs> right. I mean, the fact that Sonic and Silver meet for the first time in Sonic Rivals was is within the context of they forgot everything from 06. So <clears throat> Yep. Yep. Mm. Here's one from Finest Cacophony. All right, Fumblecast. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Uh, Tingle and Whisper miniseries, only instead of Mimic, it's Zered Spy. How do the events play out? And is Vanilla president of his, his fan club? Oh no, you've broken Ian. Oh no, Ian, no, 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 don't die. Please don't die on me, Ian. Uh, petit lapin. Um. <laughs> God. Red spy. It's a red spy. <laughs> that is incredible. You know, camouflage technology, they can cut his height in half to disguise himself as Tangle to trick Whisper at any point. <laughs> it's a red spy uh, in the base. <laughs> uh, classic. You know, he, he leaves the di- you go to the flashback and he's leaving the diamond cutters to die. I was never on your side to begin with. <laughs> Uh, overall, though, I think the general tactics and application would remain largely the same. Yeah. I mean, just, just when they confront him on the ocean base with all the holograms, he would casually take out a cigarette, light it, take a puff, and say, what are you supposed to do? Shame me for doing a job well? <laughs> uh, uh, this would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> yes. Geo Knuckles has a question. Knuckles, the Chaotix, and whatever female character as the Binding Morphin Power Rangers from the second season. Which dino, th- which dino slash Thunderzords would they pilot? Okay, so Knuckles, the Chaotix, plus. Whoever we need to be a girl, Thunderswords, Thunderswords, Thunderswords. I don't remember the Thunderswords. Oh, there was go the, the dragon, the unicorn, the griffin. Okay, glad you remember. Uh, I sure as hell don't. Well, this was like traumatic for me and my brother back in the day, like, they freaking blew up. Right, eleven Zords, yeah, and replace them with the others. And no, don't show me the Megazord. Show me the okay. So 
All right, the lion, the what is the eagle, phoenix, firebird, I guess. Firebird, that's eh, a phoenix. Yeah. Uh, griffin unicorn. The griffin didn't look like a griffin. Maybe oh, supposed to be a Kieran, maybe. Well, whatever. Uh, because mm, I remember as a kid thinking that the Zords didn't seem to have any kind of parallels to the Rangers themselves. Not like you know, Trini didn't really have anything intrinsically related to a saber tooth tiger either. But you know, their <laughs> costumes at least matched. Once they got the new Zords, they still had their dinosaur themed costumes. So I was like, who's piloting what again? Hey. Huh? Yep. Yep. And then there's uh, White White Tiger, see. the sixth ranger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um All right, all right, all right. So Knuckles Chaotix and one more, one more, one more. Uh Julie Sue. I'm way too much thought into this, I know. Julie? <laughs> Julie Sue. <laughs> eh, um, let's see. Put Charmy and Espio in the Griffin and or Pegasus. It's a Pegasus. I see wings on it now. Okay, in the Griffin and Pegasus, so they can man the feats. Uh, Knuckles will go on the dragon because <laughs> why not? I mean, come on. I'm sure he can have a dragon punch in sub point. He's due. Good. He's already got a Sharukin. Give give him a <laughs> give him a dragon punch. Uh, no, no, no. Vector's the dragon because it looks like his head. There you, there go. you go. It's it's mapped to his body, so he's just somewhere in that Zord flailing around, going. <laughs> so give give Knuckles the lion as a powerful beastie, and then. Cream is the junior member in the Firebird. Okay. <laughs> that works. <laughs> All right, here's one from Emil C. Can Sonic actually fight, or does he just spin dash? Uh, going by Frontiers, he can throw hands. Yeah, but the island gave him those powers. He didn't just have those. Okay, well, in Sonic <laughs> Battle, he's got some moves. Okay, Sonic even though Sonic got even though Sonic Battle is dubiously canon considering its we- weirdness from the rest of everything, if everything's a little off in it, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> He's not the most disciplined fighter, but he knows a few moves. All right. Let's move on to the next question from Z the Hyena. How many shampoo and conditioner bottles does Zena go through on a wash? Thank you in advance. <laughs> Any? Uh, bold of you to assume that she washes. <laughs> Ew. That's just well-cultivated grease. Oh. No. No. Oh. Well, they're monsters that live out in a wild place that has like a brickwork castle. You expect them to have running water? 
Ian. <laughs> and that's how Xena got her Sheena. <laughs> it's also why she's Greena. Here's a question from Jim. To Ian, and, to Ian and Kyle, are one of you familiar with the Glitch Productions web series Murder Drones? Oh, nope. Well, <laughs> if so, what do you like about the series? And would Dr. Starline be interested in the genocidal robots of post-apocalyptic world? Someone else already asked this. Well, they at least asked if we've seen the show Murder Drones. Yeah, so... The answer is no. Clearly, we need to watch it because we've gotten two questions in one episode. I guess, I guess so. Add it to the list. Hmm. I'll get to it in 20 or 30 years, maybe. <laughs> it's about my current delay. Here's El Technopata with a question. Some people argue that Sat AM is a poor adaptation and erasing the sonic elements would still work. So doing an OG IP slash comic with the Freedom Fighters wouldn't be a viable way of bringing them back? Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, number one, it was a product of its time. Uh, video game licenses, licensed media was new in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any adaptation at the time was dubious at best. And there's... Mario maybe being the outlier, but... And, even I mean, then, and you, you can poke you can poke some holes in that. Oh, you can poke a lot of holes uh, in that. But anyway, I, I do want to say you know, real <laughs> quick. I just want to add, let's mm. say this real quick: is that you got to remember that in terms of the lore for the American side of Sonic, there wasn't much established by the time Sat AM came out. So true enough true enough. yeah there was, it, there was it's not like it's not like the japanese side where you had manga and everything and there was you know less crossover and less known about that at the time and there was that division like a purposeful division between yes. the eastern and western interpretations it was at the time standard marketing practice yep so sad am and adventures of sonic was the Western brand of Sonic. It wasn't necessarily inaccurate. It was just what they were doing in the West. It wasn't until the brand consolidation that came with Sonic Adventure, where the Japanese material took precedent, that everything else was recontextualized. Right. That being said, Sanium is Sally's show. It's her fight with her team to reclaim her kingdom and find her father. And Robotnik and Sonic could very easily be swapped out for any other superpowered antagonist and protagonist, and it would still function the exact same. Mm -hmm. um, so in that regard, it is both a blessing and a curse. Because if you were to do something that was a full-on autonomous spinoff of the Freedom Fighters, it wouldn't necessarily make them more relevant to the Sonic material, but they would also be able to stand on their own without having to lean on Sonic necessarily. Right. Um, now, in terms of getting them out of the Sega vault, they are not 
necessarily a property that would be able to go out on their own as a Sonic spinoff right now, because it's been goodness, how many years now where they have not been in any kind of relevant media. So they would have to be reestablished. And then it becomes a question of, are you trying to reestablish it as its own property and unshackle it from Sonic? Or are you trying to put it into Sonic? And as we've discussed many times, there's other issues that come with that. So, yeah. All right. So let's move on to this question here from DDR Master M. The Sonic cast goes to an arcade. What games do they play? Please include Tangle, but otherwise I'm not picky. Tangle is uh, in the fighting games, let's... but she fights herself. Well, her tail. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yep, covered that. We've talked about that before, yep. Uh, Sonic's going to do DDR. He's just going to style on everybody else. <laughs> Uh, Tails is in that super realistic, all encapsuling, like shooter ride, you know, like it's got the full cabinet that moves yeah, and everything surrounding screens, immersive effect. <laughs> uh, Amy cleans out the prize pool just by playing whack-a-mole. She has <laughs> all the tickets. She's actually banned from some arcades because they say. can't afford her. I was going to say, she cheats. That's what it sounds like. Likewise, Knuckles is banned from anywhere that's got one of those boxing bags to determine <laughs> your strength. He's broken too many of those things. <laughs> Not even a challenge. And then at some point, everybody's obligated to do the multiplayer racing arcade, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the row of cabinets that everyone can race each other in. They have to. It's <laughs> if Sonic doesn't initiate, somebody will. Do 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 anyway. <laughs> good good stuff. <laughs> Here's one from Shaolin Sonic fan. Sega decides to wipe out all Robot Sonic clones but one. To avoid backlash, they place this task onto you. Who is the reigning champion that survives? <laughs> Thanks for passing the buck. <laughs> uh, I guess it would have to be Metal Sonic. Yeah. I mean, I love me some mecha, especially Scrapnik mecha. Yeah. But if we're going to have one Robo Sonic duplicate, it's got to be Metal. One he is one true Robot Sonic. He is the quintessential antithesis to the hero. He is thematically perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's got to be metal. Yeah. 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 Here's one from Random English. In Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, Chow make babbling baby sounds. In Sonic X and Shadow of the Hedgehog, the Chow say their name like Pokemon. What's the current standard and which would you prefer? Why not both? (laughs) Yep. I mean, maybe Chow is their primary call, and then they just make goobly gobbly noises outside of that. Eh, can relate. <laughs> uh, goobly gobbly noises. Here's one from Quasel J. How would a conversation go between Dr. Light and Eggman regarding AI intelligence and free will of robots? Would Dr. Light talk down to Eggman? 
I almost said Dr. Light doesn't talk down to people, but, but he kind of does. <laughs> he kind of does. He mansplains. He, he comes from a positive place. He wants to educate. He wants to be nurturing, but he also thinks things are the way they should be. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. So yeah, it's unintentional condescent. It's not mean spirited, but it is what it is. Uh, and I would imagine that if they are entering into this discussion without any other context, you know, what with light being thrown out of the wily egg, you know, if they're meeting for the first time, it would start off jovial enough. They both aspire to reach new heights in robotics and advanced AI and, you know, pushing the limits, finding new boundaries and overcoming them. And then when Eggman starts getting into a tangent about how, you know, it's so much fun to program fear and fealty into your robots so that they actually react realistically when you domineer over them. Well, it's like, beg your pardon? <laughs> I mean, there's no fun giving orders to your minions when they don't actually cower in fear. Mm -hmm. You beg my pardon. <laughs> and that's when things would get a little spicy between them. And, you know, Eggman would point out that having something that you get emotionally attached to is a viability. You didn't start worrying about their feelings and their thoughts. They are tools to be used to an end. You can't conquer a world if you're worried about which egg pond comes back with PTSD. And Dr. White just kind of shuffles his notes, nods along for a second, then says, Sage. And Eggman blusters and Stumbles it. Did you bet? Did you, how did you? And he storms off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's one from Sega Comet. The Starline Isekai continues, and now he ends up in Phineas and Ferb, and it teams up with Doofenshmirtz Dufens to take over the tri-state area. How does it go? Again, I'm sorry. I've not seen any Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, I'm sorry. I like, know there's a platypus my, my character in that, but my understanding of Doofenshmirtz is the whole two nickels thing, and that's it. <laughs> it's kind of weird that it happened twice. Here's one from the lazy Angiebot. I remember you were asked how you would kill Sonic. <laughs> so how would you kill Shadow or Knuckles? Whoever has more fun. And sorry if this was asked before. Uh, let's see. Shadow had him do a heroic self-sacrifice again. That's what enamored him to so many people. So might as well come full circle and send him out on that high note again and make it un unquestionably clear that he is doing this for the betterment of others, that it's not an accident I mean, he can still frame it as, you know, he's going to be the grim and proper one. And he's doing it just because of his own vendetta or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But it's clear through context that he is making the sacrifice play for the greater good. It is a noble sacrifice. Knuckles. <coughs> Knuckles needs to go down swinging. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Like, no doubt. He holds the line. Which, I mean, yeah, it's the same kind of 
self-sacrifice type thing. But Shadow, I can see him walking off into the nuclear reactor and neutralizing it with a chaos blast or something. Something big and dramatic and flashy and with a big build up to it. Something melodramatic. Knuckles is just facing down the unrelenting horde, draws a line of the sand, and doesn't let anybody pass. You shall not pass. And, you know, everybody catches up to him after the fact, and he's all haggard and saying, like, you totally did it, Knuckles. You saved the day. You're such a manly man. And he's not responding. That's when you realize he's just upright because he hasn't fallen over yet. Oh, no. No. Knuckles, my boy. They massacred my boy. But at least he went out like a boss. <laughs> Here's a question from Gunner. What would be more entertaining to write? Silver bringing Blaze or Espio on a double date with Tangle and Whisper? Silver bringing Blaze or Espio on a date with Tangle and Whisper? A double date. Hmm. Sorry, I turned into a Minecraft villager there. Because you have the odd couple synergy with both. But Blaze's reservedness is more classy. There's a dignity there. She will endeavor to carry on the conversation with Whisper as Silver and Tangle get goofy. Espio is less prominent. He's a ninja. He's not about forefront confrontation. If things get dicey, he's going to ninja vanish and disappear. And he also seems to get uh, his jimmies rustled little easier than blazes. So I could see him kind of noping out as things get awkward and they would, I mean, that's (laughs) the whole reason to have these kinds of scenarios is for the fun awkwardness. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the whole point of going, having these dates even happen to begin with. Right. (laughs) All right. We got one from Cassie. No question. Five bucks to get yourself a good soup. Feel better. Thank you very much, Cassie. Thank, thank you, Cassie. You are you I are mean, cool. I'm I'm holding up all right, but every time I speak, my eyeballs pulse. So it's been an interesting two hours so far. No, <laughs> not quite two hours. Hour forty five. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there, though. We're we're in the home stretch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's some from Alice B. Since we probably won't ever see it, what would a relationship between Sonic and Amy be written like in IDW or a game? Just curious to see how it would work in an official sense. Thanks. If it were up to me, I would see it cycling back very close to how Sonic and Blaze are in that previous answer. Is that they are comfortably they are comfortable together and apart. Mm-hmm. Sonic will go adventuring. He will go far afield. And Amy is cool with it because that's who he is. And then whenever he's back, it's like they were never apart and they just sync up again and go on adventures. And, you know, he's 
had his time abroad. So sure. He's up for a little bit of, you know, low key shopping, if that's what she wants to do. And, you know, they chill out for a bit and then he gets the itch to go running off again. And he's like, oh, I'll see you in like a week or two. Depends on how fast I make a lap around the planet. Ah, bye. And he's gone. And Amy, you know, is meanwhile busy with her own projects and adventures and aspirations. Yep. I like it. It's a very wholesome relationship. It would be nice to have one of those in media once in a while. <laughs> Here's one from Armored Turtle. Power swap time. Amy and Shadow swap powers. How does they... How does everyone else, how does else react to the change in status quo, specifically the two in question, Sonic and Team Dark? So, not body swap, well, I guess, power gonna... swap. Yeah, Sonic's not going to be too bothered by it. And at this point in their dynamic, he would be kind of pleased to have an Amy who can actually keep pace with him for long periods of time. I mean, now they just go running together. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, Tails might be worried. Tails cream, you know, the more sensible folks might be a little worried for Amy's well-being. Like, that kind of power. Do you feel tingly? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's a good thing I'm wearing limiter rings already. Yeah, I was going to say, they both, have, <laughs> they both have limiter rings. So it's like, well... What happens when Shadow takes his off now? <laughs> they just kind of fall to the ground. He's like, no, no, Ian, no, playing. no, what? no, Ian. They what? are actually limiter rings for Amy, too. I demand oh, it. Okay. She has, she okay. is more powerful oh. than you can imagine. <laughs> In Amy's case, they're just weighted rings. No. It helps her manage her incredible strength. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying. I'm Shadow, trying. Shadow would be put out that he's lost so much power, but it's not going to slow him down aside from literally. He would still be incredibly nimble and acrobatic, and he would do terrible things with that hammer. Oh, oh, control. Boy. oh, boy, Woody. <laughs> it all starts with this. A hammer that can flatten anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. Mm. Either way, come on. Amy's rings are not just decoration. Please. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, takes, she takes them off and she goes hyper. <laughs> That's just her default state. <laughs> uh, there you go. It's a free fan idea for you. <laughs> All right. Here's one from Armored Turtle. Oh, nope. We just did that one. Sorry. True cut. Nope. You, you already had a question today. Sorry, buddy. Here's one from John Callahan. John, any thoughts on Gear 5 Luffy? I know you aren't a fan of One Piece, but I'm curious to hear your input on a power-up that spreads joy and is limited to imagination on not shouting in gold hair. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know anything about gear five outside of folks didn't like it. And then other people going, why do you not like it? It's great. Um, again, not knowing anything about one piece, the other gear changes faces forms. I don't know how you describe it. Didn't seem particularly transformative, at least from my ignorant seat. It just kind of looked like Luffy punched things harder or got, you know, bigger, like it put a bicycle pump into a stretch Armstrong. (laughs) But what I've seen of Gear 5 does look like an actual transcendent form. And that's kind of neat on a visual aspect. And if it's powered by joy, he's already supposed to be kind of a goofy character so take that to extreme sure seems thematically sound again said from a seat of ignorance (laughs) all right here's one from all peachy which sonic character do you think has the best theme songs personally knuckles themes go hard to this day Mm. shadow cheats because he's got a bunch of themes yeah that's rude as this a two one and all the ones from his own game, and then he kind of shares one with Team Dark and Heroes, I guess. So oh uh, six is what a well oh six is a is technically a cover, but it's the superior version. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I like Silvers. That's a good personal theme. I mean, living in paradise, lazy days is a. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Why are you guilty? You shouldn't feel guilty about that. It's not the best music in the world necessarily, but it just, it's such a goofy, happy, unapologetically positive song. Uh, There's a particular remix of Tales' theme that is incredibly abrasive, but I love it. Yeah. Can't I think I know the, which one you're talking composer. about, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm I, I sure know it's it. been on KNGI at some point. Maybe I don't. Oh, Eggman's theme. Which one? Eggman's theme. <laughs> I am the Eggman. Goo goo No, no, no. He's got the master plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. that is. Oh, <clears throat> okay. I know. I know. That's a good iconic. One. Uh, that's a good one. I'm still a fan of Sonic's uh, SA one. It doesn't matter. Still mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that one. Not as say 2 oh, so Infinite's much, theme. But, oh, yeah. Infinite's theme. That's good 90s music. <laughs> that goes too hard. You didn't have to go that hard. <laughs> what, are you saying you're too weak to handle it, Kyle? Yes. 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 I do love me some My Sweet Passion, even though the lyrics are like, what? What are you saying? I don't understand. <laughs> but, dude, dude, it's a great song. Follow Me In My Dreams is a fun song. It's a fun little catchy poppy thing. I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Team Chaotix. <laughs> They're detectives you want on your side. <laughs> That's a good Saturday morning cartoon thing. I love, yeah. I love that song, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. 
Ah, oh, good, good stuff. Unknown from ME, obviously, is a classic. Particularly the SA1 version, honestly, but that's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, here's a uh, question from Thievius. Tangle gets the gum gum fruit from One Piece, granting the user a body made of super stretchy rubber, but the inability to swim. How does it go wrong? Uh, is that is that the One Piece? It's the one piece of gum, the last piece of gum. Is that what it's about? Ah, interesting. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> Tangle realizes that she can now stretch anything like her tail. Oh boy! So. She takes about a day to kind of get a handle on that, you know, throw a punch. Okay. It's kind of like that. Throw a kick. Okay. It's kind of like that <laughs> cartwheel that leads to disaster. She's tied around a tree. Whisper help. <laughs> you know, sleep on it and get up the next morning. It's like, all right, I'm ready. And then she's just like the most Spider-Man you could ever Spider-Man. That tail is now just one of five ways to reach out and grab somebody. She is a literal pentapus. Can't be octopus. It's five. Pentapus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of absolute melee fury. She's already pretty capable. She would be nigh unstoppable. And then, you know, villain has her pinned and locked down. Ha ha. She can't stretch an attack. Nope. Headbutt from 30 feet away. Whoppums. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. All right, we got a question from No Originality. Not sure if anyone asked, but if there was a Sonic game or comic issue, Archie or IDW, that you would like to rewrite, which one and why? Uh, We always come back to this one, uh, House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could do that as I wanted to. Mm. Mm-hmm. If it was under the same stipulations as I had before, I don't really know how I could do it any better and still check all those boxes. I was kind of painted into a corner with that. I think that was the best I could do at the time with what I was given, but I wish we could have done that properly. All right. Here's a question from butter noodles. Which of the main female character outfits would Sonic choose to wear if he had to? Why would he decide what you say he chooses? Well, maybe he has to dress up to uh, go save Tifa. From from, uh, Don Corneo. I mean, I guess that would make sense. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he'd be too picky as long as it wasn't that restrictive as long as he can move in it you know whatever Uh, yeah i mean tangle's outfit is the already pretty sonic-y anyway (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's pretty fitted and athletic design sure i was thinking more blaze and him kind of going how do you run on those heels and she's like oh actually this is like a from a long line of royal designs, it's really quite comfortable. It adds more spring to your step. Really? Let me try those on. But yeah, I think he'd do whatever. It's I don't know if he would particularly pick one over the other, because 
he's a pretty simple guy. He doesn't really accessorize anyway, but if he was forced into any of them, I don't think it would give him too much pause again, as long as he can move. I think he would take like tangle or blazes outfit over. like something like whispers because mm-hmm. whispers got a cloak and it's got a lot of got big clunky boots and whatever, <laughs> but as long as he can, you know, do his thing. Sure. Why not? Yep. Yep. <laughs> And here's one from TOZ Online. This is going to be our last Super Chat question for tonight. Who would win in an all-out war? Lex Luthor from the DCAU or Dr. Eggman from the canon video games? I want to hear your perspective. I'm interested. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Eggman. By volume, <laughs> Luther might have the more potent technology, but it's all very limited. He doesn't have <clears throat> armies or fleets or war rigs or anything. He's just going to have one especially powerful super suit to his name. And he would certainly do a devastating amount of damage. But he's going to be ultimately overwhelmed by the sheer amount of stuff that Eggman is throwing at him. I think I, you could probably make an argument either way that that one Lex suit could carve through all of the Eggman empire and not really scratch the paint. I don't know. When you're listening <laughs> to this on Monday, leave a comment below. Tell me which one is right. <laughs> hmm. All right, for any of you guys who sent in more than one Super Chat, we'll be getting to those in a future episode. Uh, Right now, we've actually got a little bit of time left over, so let's do some standard questions for a few minutes. Here's one from The Saxon. Hey, Ian. Like Sonic itself, there are a lot of strong opinions about you, ranging from a perfect writer who can't make anything bad to a talentless hack. (laughs) So what do you think of your own work? I... I think it's... I guess it depends, probably. You probably are not a fan of uh, House of Cards. It depends on the story, depends on the project, depends on yada yada. But overall, I think I'm I'm pretty good. Not flawless. (laughs) By no stretch of the imagination am I flawless. No, no, no. Uh, They keep hiring you, so you must do something right. I mean, I, I appreciate that folks are enjoy it and that some are inspired. That's very flattering. And I will can do and It really just makes me want to continue to do the best I can because now people have expectations and that's terrifying. <laughs> um, but even if like, let's just pretend for a half second that I was God's gift to the written language. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, not so. That doesn't mean I am the end all be all. There are other writers out there. There are other perspectives. There are other approaches to the discipline that you should experience. So, you know, go out and partake of as much as you can. Yes. I, I think I'm fairly consistent in terms of quality and delivery. And 
the one thing that I can kind of bank on is the level of quality that I can produce in a short amount of time. I I'm fast. You are fast. That, that's that's a... <laughs> yes, that's true. But um, it's, it's yeah, I'm sure taking that Sonic to took Sonic to heart. I guess, huh? Got to go fast. <laughs> um. Just it's there are places where I could improve. I'm sure there are uh, conventions that I fall back on turns of phrase that I use <laughs> more than once and kind of forget that I did that. Uh, you know, shoehorn references in there to things that you maybe don't need Sometimes to Sometimes it works a little better than others. Yeah, yeah. yeah it happens, you know, you but, tried. But uh, I, I think I'm I mean, I'm doing this as my principal former work for my entire adult career. If I wasn't if it wasn't good or at least decent, I don't think I would be getting consistent. If it wasn't so. acceptable, yeah. People keep hiring you. So either they're doing it despite <laughs> what you do or because of what you do. <laughs> I guess it depends. There, it depends it on is, who you ask. It, it's such a small market, and there are so many people trying to break in. I feel like if it was an issue of quality, I would have been replaced a long time ago. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Especially since I'm not multidisciplined. You have folks out there that can write and do the art. Yeah, and you know. That's so much more desirable for this industry. <laughs> so yeah. I got to be doing something right. Either you're really good at what you do or everyone else is even worse. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we know that, that ain't true. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> as long as you're pleasing most of the people most of the time, you're all right. You're okay. Yep. Yep. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're a hack fraud. But well, yeah, but I also conned you into doing the show for years. So who's <laughs> I mean, I never said I wasn't also a hack fraud. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do a couple more. Here's one from Vixers. Assuming money is real, how does Vanilla pay for her and Cream's livelihood? Part-time job, alimony, child support, secret moonshine business? <laughs> Why not all of the above? <laughs> uh, my understanding of Sonic's world economy as it stands is that the animals to the a degree just work on a kind of benevolent socialism or communism maybe i don't know i'd have to look up the actual definitions of the terms it's been like like real real socialism and communism not yeah like the, not, the fantasy version that works yeah uh, yeah not like uh not dictatorships masquerading as communism or socialism no, right no 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 uh but where everything like works on like a goodwill barter system and just general community support. It's more like a tribal sort of thing. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, a benevolent anarchism <laughs> to a degree. Sure. But uh, with money being a nebulous thing, 
I always, I, if I ever get the chance, what I want to pitch is that vanilla basically is the caretaker of a chow garden and that people can bring it in, bring in their chow like it's a daycare and she helps, you know, look after them. Or if you're trying to raise one for racing, she knows how to ethically get your chow in its best shape and you know, do that. <laughs> Who is putting this thing on the... Okay, it's Jen. Okay. Okay. She is, I guess she drew a sonic stick figure or something? Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's on the spreadsheet of questions. All of a sudden, I just see this thing moving down. This thing of weird, this weird looking character, stick figure character. All right. Cool. <laughs> You got time for one more, Ian? Let's do one more. All right. Our last question tonight comes to us from Ellie. Is the lore team only working on Sonic? If Sega brought their other franchises like Knights or Golden Axe back, would they be consulted for those as well, or would they get their own lore teams? Uh, From my understanding, let me put that big old asterisk on there. We are exclusive to the Sonic brand. Mm-hmm. Um, if we continue to do good work and you know are notable for our efforts, I could see other brands potentially getting that kind of attention. I don't know if we would become a Sega lore team. Or if they would create their own lore teams for those brands. I don't know. That is not part of my pay grade. I am not that decision maker, and I am so thankful for that. <laughs> they would have to actually, you uh, know, make things in those other franchises first. <laughs> actually have some lore. I mean, other than, I guess, Yakuza. That would be it. But they probably have their own lore team keeping that one straight in in the form of the actual real life Yakuza. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would hope that we could stay Sonic centric because there's a lot that we cover. Yeah. So branching out into others might be a lot, but Hey, if it came with a pay increase, I could find more time in the day. I will be the Daytona lore council. Oh, I would absolutely recommend you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you only need one. There's not much <laughs> there's not much to it. <laughs> there's really not. Uh I mean, I guess someone else could be too. I, it would be nice to have someone to talk to about it, but I mean, there's really not a lot to it. It it's pretty straightforward. Anyway, they go around curves and in circles. Go fast, turn left. <laughs> no, so you turn. It you, isn't straightforward. Oh, turns. that's right. That's right. But there's a lot of right turns in Daytona, actually, too. So uh, there's only one. Well, there's two oval tracks, I suppose. No, three. Now that I think about it, there's like three oval tracks. The rest are all. They all have left and right turns. It's crazy. Crazy. 
Oh, all right. That's going to wrap us up for this Bumblecast Live. Thank you again to Jen and Professor Rye for managing all these questions. Thank you guys for submitting everything that you did. And extra special thanks to all the Super Chats. You guys make like a crazy difference. The show is leaps and bounds what we ever thought it would be. And it's all because of you guys. And that's not just right. me hyping you up. That's quite literally true. Um. Uh, let's see. Sorry, brain is getting fried here at the end. That's okay. If you are in the greater Toronto area next weekend, I will be at Fan Expo, table P11A. Come on by, say hi, buy a book or two, help me cover all the table expenses. It would be lovely. <laughs> and uh, with that coming up, no, I guess we do have to record some months. You know what? I'm babbling to myself. I am it's all good. literally at the end of my rope here. So be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Yep, see you next time. Oh, also don't forget, we will get to your uh, the leftover Super Chats uh, in upcoming episodes. So stick around, stay tuned. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. So see you next time. 